the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Satan is against anything God is for. If God likes strawberries, Satan hates strawberries. If God hated strawberries, and I'm sure he doesn't, then Satan would love strawberries. Satan is contrary to anything God desires. And where God wants to bring unity, guess what Satan wants to bring? Disunity, division. And that indeed is a lesson we'll learn today and tomorrow here on Study Verse by Verse as Pastor Leighton Sheely will take us to Ephesians chapter 4. Unity, not uniformity. We are to have a unity in our diversity. So how do we pull that off? What does that look like from a biblical perspective? Well, let's join Pastor Leighton Sheely and find out today on Study Verse by Verse. As a prisoner for the Lord, then, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling that you have received. How do we do this? Verse 2, be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. What's the goal? Verse 3, make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Why? Verse 4. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, and through all, and in all. Now, you may have noticed that some of the descriptive words found in verse 2 are also found in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, where Paul describes love in such a beautiful way, love is patient, love is kind, and so forth. Make every effort is from spudazo, which means to make haste, and from which are derived the words or the meanings of zeal and diligence. Now, I want you to note something here, that Paul is not just writing to the leaders of the church of Ephesus. He's, he's writing to the church at Ephesus. He's writing to uh, the people of the church of Ephesus. And he is saying to them that preserving the unity of the Spirit should be the diligent and zealous concern of every believer. Of every believer. Throughout church history, the unity of the Spirit has been constantly attacked. It happened at the very first generation of believers, and the Apostle Paul had to address that issue in the first chapter of 1 Corinthians. And he writes, I appeal to you, brothers, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you agree with one another so that you may be no divisions among you, and that you may be perfectly united in mind and thought. My brothers, some of Chloe's household have informed me that there are quarrels among you. What I mean is this. One of you says, I follow Paul. Another, I follow Apollos. Another, I follow Sephasa. And still another, I follow Christ. I ask you, is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Were you baptized into the name of Paul? And what Paul is trying to communicate here is there is one Savior. And there is one body of, for the Savior. There's one Lord. Let there be no divisions among you. The unity of the church has been under constant attack since the very first century, and it is the responsibility of every believer to zealously protect the unity of the Spirit. 
Now, I want you to note also that the unity of the Spirit cannot be created by the church, and it cannot be manufactured by believers. It's not called the unity of the church, or it's not called the unity of the believers. It's called the unity of the Spirit, the unity from the Spirit. It is the unity that Jesus prayed for in His prayer recorded for us in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed, Holy Father, protect them by the power of Your name, the name You gave Me, so that they may be one as we are one. And my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That's us. That all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. May they also be in us, so that the world may believe that you have sent me. May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. So then why is unity so important to Jesus? It's because it's through our unity that the world will know that Jesus Christ was the Savior sent from God. Now, in the company of unity is usually found peace. And this world is filled with anything but unity and peace. There is no unity or peace between nations, between businesses, and precious little inside of most houses. When the world looks on, and they see a group of people who gather together, as we do, from all walks of life, all cultural and ethnic backgrounds, socioeconomic backgrounds, educational backgrounds, age groups that span the decades, executives and laborers, police officers and felons, people who live in love and unity and peace. The world looks on knowing it's, this is not natural. This is not normal. And they're absolutely right. It is not natural. It is supernatural. It is supernatural. It is the work of God's Holy Spirit. It is the work of God's Holy Spirit to create unity. It is the responsibility of every believer to protect unity. Now, unity is also God's plan because there is one body. The body of Christ, the true church, is made up of all believers. There's no uh, Gentile and body and Jewish body, or male body and female body, or slave body and free bodies. There's no Hispanic body and Filipino body. There's no Church of the Highlands body. There's one body that is made up of all of the believers of every corner of the world, and each and every believer is a part of the body. The believers at Church of the Highlands are part of God's body. We share a specific vision and mission in part of God's body. If we were some strand of muscle in one of God's fingers, we work together to accomplish God's will. We take directions from the head. And you know what happens when muscles aren't working together? It's called a cramp. There's one body and one spirit. Just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Did you notice how many times the word one was used in this passage? You see, everything that relates to salvation, the church, the kingdom of God is based on the concept of unity. As reflected in Paul's seven uses of the word one in these three verses. 
practical unity is based on spiritual unity. And to emphasize the unity of the Spirit, Paul recites the features of oneness that are germane to our doctrine and life. And his focus is on the oneness of those and every other aspect of God's nature and plan and work as our basis for commitment to live as one. Now, you see, Satan is against anything God is for. If God likes strawberries, Satan hates strawberries. If God hated strawberries, and I'm sure he doesn't, then Satan would love strawberries. Satan is contrary to anything God desires. And where God wants to bring unity, guess what Satan wants to bring? Disunity, division. Now, having established the importance of protecting the, the unity of the body in Christ, Paul now moves on to transition verse 7. It begins with the word, but... It's a conjunction that makes a contrast. And what he's doing now is he's contrasting unity with uniformity. Contrasting unity with uniformity. Now, this world may have a fascination with clones. Every few weeks we hear a front-page article about some sheep being cloned someplace and some discussion about humans being cloned somewhere in the far reaches of this world. This world may have a fascination with clones, but God doesn't. God designed into DNA so there wouldn't be clones. God doesn't have a fascination with clones. In fact, God takes the time. Now, now consider the life cycle of a snowflake. And God designs each snowflake individually. There are no two alike. God's just not interested in clones. To each one of us, verse 7, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And I, I really like the way the New Living Translation translates this verse. He says, However, He has given each one of us a special gift according to the generosity of Christ. Every believer has been, been given at least one gift. And, and some have been given more. And it's always given according to God's plan. Now, each of us has received individually grace... And each of us has received individually a gift. Believers' gifts are like snowflakes and fingerprints. Each one is completely different than the others. God has made you special. He's handcrafted. You are handcrafted by your Creator. You didn't just come off an assembly line someplace. You were hand-created by your Creator, and there is no one else that's like you. God designed you for a special purpose. There has some, there's something that he, he wants especially for each and every one of us to do. God said, I'm going to make Leighton. He's part of my plan for San Bruno. I'm going to give him these gifts and these proportions, and I'm going to make sure he has extra grace because he's going to need it. <laughs> you know, I've been given gifts that, although I appreciate the intention, have served no useful purpose. I have been given ties that have occupied space in my closet for 25 years. I can't find anything to go with that tie. I could wear it to a circus or something. I just can't, can't see that many colors being in one place at one time. You know, God's gifts are not like the tie from Uncle So-and-So. No God-given gift should be unused. 
God's gifts are given so that they might be used to accomplish God's plan. Using God's gifts is called ministry. And every believer is called to ministry. Every believer is a minister. Now, that's not what some of us have been taught or come to understand. Some of us have been taught or come to understand that we leave ministry to the professionals. But that's not what the Bible teaches. Ephesians 4, verse 11 and 12, it says, It was He who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, and some to be pastors and teachers. Why? To prepare God's people for works of service. To prepare God's people for works of service so that the body of Christ might be built up. You see, the Bible clearly teaches that all of God's people are called for works of service. If you're a Christian, you're a minister. It may look different than the person next to you, but it is all the same. We are all servants in the kingdom of God with unique stations. And that makes unity, not uniformity. This has been Study Verse by Verse with Pastor Leighton Sheely in Ephesians 4 today. Questions, information you would like to learn about us, visit highlands.us on the World Wide Web. That's highlands.us. And then join us tomorrow for more on Study Verse by Verse. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.